my opposer when I want freedom. You my opposer when I want justice. You my opposer when I want equality. Want me to go somewhere and fight for you? You won't even stand up for me right here in America. This is The Rundown with the boys, the group, whoever we decide to be on that specific day. It's Zach Badgerhouse, CMU grad student, here with Alex Abraham. One for for the group. Mr. Jamar Hardy. Yo. And Mr. Malik Peacock. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing today, gentlemen? Doing pretty good, man. How's the sports world treating us? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible? Man, I don't know what's going on in college basketball this season. <laughs> college basketball? I mean, I, football. Football. You know, football. College football. <laughs> yeah, college football has not been in the favor of a lot of schools. We'll be talking about a few schools in particular. Central Michigan University, which is where we are at. Fire up chips. Fire up. We'll also be talking about U of M, a little bit of Michigan Go State. Blue. Got some Michigan okay. fans in here. Some not so Michigan fans in here. Go green, go blue, go fire up chips, uh, go fly eagles. What y'all? What's Eastern? Shout Eastern. out to Eastern. <laughs> Eastern Michigan is two and one or two and two. One of those. Oh, they're not undefeated no more. No, they're not undefeated. Anymore. Oh, crazy! Uh, but it was a good. Hey, that was a good week. That was a good week. As I am an Eastern Michigan grad. Um, plenty of topics to talk about. Again, we'll be talking about Michigan State. U of M, the Wolverines, we'll be talking about Fire Up Chips, the Chippewas, Central Michigan. We'll also be discussing a little bit of pro football, a little bit of pro basketball, if you will. So just stay tuned with us as we continue to get things going. First and foremost, let's talk about Central Michigan, fellas, uh, these chips. How do you guys feel about these guys so far? We stagnant. We did. <laughs> Somebody shot us. We can't move. Can't move, yeah. So Central Michigan... They're 0-3 so far. They haven't gotten it done on the field. Haven't won a game. We were looking for a W last week and a comeback possibly against NIU, but they ended up losing 24-19. John Ward had 164 rushing yards, but one of the key elements of the game is they gave up big plays when they were on defense. So how do you guys feel about that, Jamar? Would you tune in on that for me? We young. We young. That's, that's really all it is on the defensive aspect. I mean, those guys are all, what, sophomores and juniors really ain't no senior leadership. I just I say give them another year for the players. Give them another year and, you know, things turn around. Malik, what you think? Because, you know, you had some some so-so moments on the tips, man. You see, you know, you be, you've been on the on the downside when it comes to the tips, man. Uh, what, you, what you think, man? I mean, like Jamar said, they're young and they ain't got no leaders. They ain't got nobody that I go out there and Ain't got no, ain't got no fighters for real. You feel me? I don't know, man. Malik Fountain, he had eighteen oh, yeah. tackles. Yeah, Malik one Fountain man can only do win. so much. One you man know. can only do so much. One and sack, been, and he's been injured a lot. And you know, you know, he's some of the, some of the pivotal um, key factors of that game was uh, Malik Fountain. He was actually recruited by NIU. Oh yeah, he's from Illinois, Illinois because he's kid. from Illinois. He's from Illinois. So that was a personal game. Is what the comments is what he said after the game. It was pretty personal. So, eighteen tackles, you know, one sack. That's that's pretty impressive, you know. Man, so so nice. around. 
Is this his senior year? I'm not sure yeah, about yeah, that. It's, 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 it's senior year? Well, you know, that's a senior right there in himself. You know, that's that's one senior, if you will, for senior leadership. You won't, you know, you don't say what you, what I mean, you, what you think. I get it. You know, I get the that that part of leadership, but I mean, you gotta have somebody that's that's grimy. You feel me? Somebody that's willing to go in there and do whatever. And oh. then I don't think they had that. Oh, bro. Times. I mean, I mean, he went there and did his thing. My thing. Okay. It's but, like it's but, like but, it's but like Michigan, bro. It's like Michigan. Is one man don't make a whole defense. I feel it. I'm saying though, but it's like Michigan. So like our front line is gravy, you know, like Winovich and and Gary doing their thing. Found doing this thing for century. You no know, D line straight, but our safeties and our corners, like Michigan, is a little shaky at times. And that's what I'm saying. They trying to you play man it. when we need to be a cover two, cover three. And that's what I'm saying. He's not a. He's not. He's a. He's a. He's more of a visual leader, but he's not a vocal leader. He's very quiet, you feel me? And those guys, they don't they, they need to be fired up. They're not getting it. They need to be fired up. Well, it ain't all on the players. <laughs> so, so when you say it's not about just the players, right what that. are you exactly alluding to, Jamar? Hey. People write up plays, man. You know, like, we got to write up the right plays for our players, put them in a better position to compete. So what exactly are you referring to? Everybody need to take a look in the mirror, from the players to the coaches. And, and buy in. Right. Can't say it more easier than that, man. This everybody everybody got to be on one wait, court. What year is this? This is year, yeah, this year, year, year three. Year three of wow. year three. Oh, yeah, he still got time. He He hasn't had a full recruiting class yet. Of guys, you know what I'm saying, develop. Come on, like through. you said, they're still young. They're still trying to develop, and he's trying to work his guys in. You know what I'm saying, transitioning over from all the graduating seniors we had. You know what I mean? We we got guys in the NFL now. You know what I'm saying? When you lose NFL talent, you should expect to drop off. So I wouldn't say, you know what I'm saying, uh, it's a hot seat under Bono. I just think he just need a little more time. I think Bono needs Speaking of coaches, eyes. they also have some uh, some new position coaches also. So they I got feel some it. guys out there. I feel it. But, but, uh, but, Moore, but he moved on. But looking at but looking at Bono, like you you got depth on your you got you got a depth chart. You know you can look around and get more players from other places. You know like we we got these good position coaches. You know and these, and we got a lot of players. It's good, but they not seeing the field. So that's like you know yeah we had NFL talent that moved on, but they was playing. You know we didn't even substitute guys in. You know get a feel get a feel for the field. You know so they coming in fresh. They they ain't never been to war. Well, I think that new uh, that new red shirt rule will help with that. You get four uh, four games, four full games. If you play no more than four uh, four games, you can red shirt a year. Yeah, that's I like that. So one. they starting to throw uh, freshmen in there at the beginning of the season. Probably gonna throw some at the end of the season. Trying to get a, a couple looks in with them. Well, there have been a transition. And on the offensive side of the ball for this week's game against Maine, um, they're going to be taking uh, Tommy. How do you say his last name? Lazaro. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be putting him in in the starting lineup. Uh, <laughs> that's what you give him. You give him that name already. It's oh time. wow! It's go time, baby. Well, it was in well in his little outing that he had in his first game. He was thirteen of twenty two, one touchdown, and a one inter- and one interception. You however, throw the negative out there. I mean, hey, you just got to tell it how it is. You know, um, one of the key elements, I will say, in this game regarding Maine will be the fact that they have to stop the run game. 
And also, they have to be able to get their uh, their running game going, the Chippewas. And um, they're also, I believe, Maine has a strong run stopper and a linebacker. I don't remember his name in specific, but he's pretty good. So there's going to be some uh, some key factors of that game against Maine. What would you guys like to see against Maine this weekend? Well, if they got somebody who aggressive, all right, let's let's do it. Get a little play action. So we start off, we run it. You know, maybe we get something going. Or we just come out the gate with a play action, you know, because we do like to run the ball. It don't always work, but go for a big play. I have yet uh, to see them go for a big play. Take, take some more shots down the field, but you also have to develop. You also have to develop the run and make sure you set the tone. So I would like to see them get another 162 yards. Did you say it was 164? 164. Yeah, you got to go stick to the run game. Then, like Jamar said, hit them with play actions for big plays. Got to put points on the board. Yeah, that was one key thing I will say right there, now that you mentioned it, Alex, was that they tried to get in the end zone twice and they ended up having two field goal situations and ended up only receiving three points out of those six-point possibles. So in the red zone, you really want six, not three, and you don't want to miss when you're in the red zone kicking field goals as well. Um, I think we all know that. Um, Maine has a solid run game for the FCS. Uh, they beat Western Kentucky, which is a FBS school, so they received a upset. They ended up coming back in that game after trailing at halftime. So they they know how to fight back. You Strong know, opponent. They know how to fight time. back. Um, one of the key factors I believe will be key for this game is the run game specifically for CMU. If they start out just pound the run game, like Alex said, like you mentioned, just pound the run game, get it going, and then I think that will develop the pass. And I think the quarterback, this new guy, um, Tommy, he's going to have to really dive in deep and be ready and focus in and be ready to make those throws that's necessary against this uh, inferior opponent, actually. Uh, okay. Maine is an FCS school. Um, they don't really play too many FBS schools. They maybe get like maybe two, and then they play mostly FCS schools like South Dakota State or something crazy like that, like um, uh, Montana State or something. Let's kick off. And don't I mean, forget, North, it's a home North game. North State, right? Kicking off at 3 p.m. We need all the students to come out, support the chips. What's the up. probability on that game, Alex? Um, Central Michigan has a 71% chance. What's the, uh, the w. what's the point favor? The point spread. Are they giving them a decent, a decent uh, point spread here? Nah, not a decent one. So what is it like? Maybe like a six-point... Or like maybe like 12, 11, something like that. Something around those lines. Something around those lines. Man. Well, they're 2-0, though. I will say that. They are 2-0. Um, Central, I mean, not Central Michigan, but uh, Maine. Is they're 2-0. They got some momentum. We at home. Yeah, but the chips are at home. Uh, make sure you try to come out to that game. What time is that game, Alex? Kicking off at 3 p.m. It's going to be kicking off at 3 p.m. Time to tailgate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fire up. Fire up, Chips. Um, hopefully, Jonathan Ward can have another impressive 100-yard game uh, for some touchdowns, you know, multiple touchdowns. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see if the run game can get going and um, the new quarterback can get, get his feet wet and get his confidence going against Maine in the first half, and hopefully it can continue in the second half. Now. Let's uh, let's jump ship from the Mac here with the chips. Let's talk about a little bit of Big Ten here. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Michigan football, guys. I know you know most of you guys in here love the Wolverines. 
You know how I feel about them. We I won't chips. Too, but I won't. I won't speak on that. But yeah, let's talk about the Wolverines. Uh, last week, uh, they won. What was the score? Anybody remember the score of that game? Forty-five to twenty. Oh, it was forty-eight to twenty. Nice try. Forty-five. Yeah, forty-five. Mine 45, said forty-eight. 20. I'm 45. 45? 45. I was thinking of the game previously when it was actually 49, and they scored three. Western. So, yeah, they, uh, they got you know what? ESPN, oh my, let me show you guys. It was a tune-up game. It was a tune-up game? Yeah. SMU wasn't that good. They got they got some good keys. They they young, too, though. I give them that. But it was a game where we had to find a rhythm offensively. You say we like you just attend you of him, fella. What do you mean? Hey, well, you know, I, got, I got family. I got family on that team. So almost gave him an offer, you know. <laughs> oh, just throwing your your humble brags out there. Hey, man, <laughs> you call myself, those humble brags. Yeah, I'm <laughs> when your man's brag play, you know, I pull the resume out if I need to. Oh my goodness! Just, just say, just say <laughs> your humble song. So, um, back to the Wolverines. <laughs> um, some things that were I will say that were impressive was uh, Shea Patterson. He's been performing well the last two games. He's, I believe he's scored at least five or six touchdowns in the last two games in terms of passing. Uh, last week he had three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. 14 for 18 for 237 yards. Yeah, he gets so, into a rhythm. That's not that bad. Uh, rushing game wasn't too bad either. They had two rushing touchdowns yeah. as well. Are we going to talk about them? 197 yards. Wilson. And Chris Evans. Chris Evans man. led the way with 85 yards. What about Wilson? Young man Wilson. Walk on, got the scholarship, got the scholarly. He's been, he been proving himself. Wilson. What's his first name? True. True Wilson. True yeah. Wilson. See? It's Destiny. He a true dog. Okay. Mr. Breaking true tackles, Wilson. he out of here. Oh, he's breaking tackles. He's breaking oh, yeah, tackles. He's he he fighting for he every nice. yard, though. That's what I like he about yeah, him. Yeah, he scored. He okay, he 11 carries, 53 yards, one touchdown, 4.8. He had a long one with 12 yards. So, okay, he wasn't that uh, bad. You should see his yards after uh, after contact. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, um, I think the Wolverines will go as far as their O-line takes them, though, basically. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I can see. As long as they can pass by um, Shea Patterson, good asset, good quarterback, very accurate. It's just the line has to hold up and give them enough time to make the throws down the field. You know Jim's going to pound the ball all game and try to hit him over the top with the play action. Now, see, for me, I'm going to say something here. An X factor for me moving forward with U of M is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, I need that, like – Every game, maybe not three touchdowns, but I need that same type of performance because you're that you did that at, at King when you were in high school. You did that. I need that same oh, yeah. like Shea Patterson, Donovan People Jones connection. That's what I would like to see. Third down, second down, maybe even first down play action. Just get it going. Yeah, get go the momentum now. swing. Deep posts. You guys know how I feel about the deep posts. I'm always looking for the deep posts. And Donovan People Jones is that type of player that you can look for down deep, 20 to 25 yards for a catch and even possibly a score because he had three touchdowns last week, four receptions, 90 yards. Uh, he's very impressive. Um, he was the only guy who received all three of the passing touchdowns from right. Shea Patterson last weekend. So what you guys think? They got a connection. They hit that stride. You know, in college, in college football especially, you always want to have that one receiver who reliable. And it's hard because, you know, guys are leaving, guys are getting hurt. 
And then they young, you know, you always got young receiver, but you know, he hitting his stride with with people Jones and hey, dynamic duo. That's all I'm gonna say. Separation. That's the biggest thing. I think um, um, Michigan bringing in Coach Jim McElwain from Florida, who's a you know, an offensive guy, a wide receiver guy. You know what I mean? I think the work he's been putting in with the receivers really paying off, creating separation. I'm saying, and, and going up and making a play, just catching the ball. I mean, three touchdowns speak for itself. You know, ninety yards, four catches. I mean, that speak for itself. You know, like it's folks in the NFL that can't do that. You know. Well, you know, let's not let's not get carried away. See, see, that's what I be saying when it comes to UFM. There's always that extra just gap where they just gotta just reach, but reach know, for the stars, man. You just gotta reach for the stars. Might I add, I'm not a Michigan fan. If I ain't a they do he have another. The dark side, don't worry. There is another receiver right here, Gentry. Oh, Zach Gentry, six foot eight, Zach tight end, that's a tight end. He slash four, four Jimmy Graham, like uh, four receptions, ninety six yards, yeah, ninety five yards, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he up there, right? Right, Woody. Oh yeah, that was very. Right he, he was pretty good. Um, he had a drop that I thought he could have had. Um, actually, he might have had a few drops. I'm not sure, but I know yeah, he had one drop in particular. No he had one drop in particular that he I thought he could have had. Though. But overall, he had four catches, 95 yards. Those are all deep balls, as you can see. They have to all be deep balls. <laughs> average on those. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty four yards, nearly, nearly an average of catch. So yeah, they won forty five to twenty, and um. Who do they have this weekend, fellas? Who do the Wolverines have this weekend? Uh, let me see. They Nebraska. got Nebraska. Nebraska. Big Ten opener at home. Big Ten play. We ain't worried about it. We're not worried about it. Not really. Why would you say that? Give me some key factors in this game. What do you What do you think the Wolverines have to do into this game to improve? To improve? Yes. As far as our secondary, we just gotta. We can't. We can't have blown coverages. A lot of times, I think it's a miscommunications. We got cornerbacks getting beaten. The safety is nowhere to be found. So as long as the the secondary is communicating, everything else is fine because our linebackers and our defensive line is just fine. If you say our, Boy, if you don't get <laughs> one more time, <laughs> hey. Hey. as if you were a coach or something, or you just were a U of M undergrad or graduate student right. or something. I'm just saying, when you love people, you know you. <laughs> You are my boy. You know Objectivity is everything. Even, this is the group. We are the guy. <laughs> Malik, what do you think about the Wolverines? What do you think they have to do this weekend in order to be successful against the Cornhuskers? Who I might add, they are 0-3. They have not won a game yet this season. They have a true freshman at quarterback. Um, his name is, I believe, Martinez. I believe his last name is Martinez. And, uh, yeah, Adrian Martinez. Who suffered a knee injury in his last game against Colorado in week two. So he may even be a game time decision for the game at Michigan. He did complete 15 of 20 passes for 187 yards for a touchdown. And he had 117 yards and two scores on the ground. But that was not enough as they lost last weekend because they are on three. There's been some questions about Scott Frost. I believe it's just, hey, new coach, new year, got to get his guys in, and we'll see what happens in year two and year three. He's visiting the big house for the first time. What do you guys think is going to take place? Two coaches out there, alma maters, battling out. It's a good one. Should be a good one. I think Scott Frost is going to have his guys prepared, and I think, um, like you said, being 0-3, you got a chance to come in the big house and win a big one. So, make yeah, a, it, it could be a good statement game. And I think Michigan has to come out focused and, and, and play like a top 25 team. And if not, 
Um, it might not. It might be a small margin of error for the Wolverines, Ooh, especially if the quarterback, the freshman quarterback, might add, if he plays, might be a small margin of error. Look, Michigan cannot go into this game thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. Exactly. Because they're 0-3. <laughs> and I can Y'all understand. Y'all can get down. Y'all know how Michigan can get down. They cannot I, go in this game thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. I can understand that completely. But if you – if I'm – let's just say one day – I'm a, okay, let's say I'm a U of M football player. And I'm on ESPN and I'm just looking and I see, okay, yeah, they got us playing Nebraska. And I just happen to just look at the matchup predictor and I see, whoa, we got a 94.5. Percent chance to win this game according to ESPN, man, I might just be chilling a little bit. We gonna win anyway, or I mean, how do you approach a game like you, that where you, you know you're, you're playing LeBron just approach. such an inferior saying. opponent? Yeah. You gotta take the LeBron approach. You know, like LeBron getting the playoffs, he don't look at ESPN, he don't look at none of the social media stuff. You know, he he takes a vacation away from all that stuff. Like the problem, the problem now is too many people think they're too good. Nobody, you know, you still gotta compete at the end of the day. You know, Alabama can play a D3 school, and if they playing around, you know, they're going to score on them. I ain't going to say they're going to win, but something's going to happen that ain't supposed to happen when you ain't focused. Look, man. This can either a, be a turnaround for Nebraska or a step up for Michigan. This is a Big Ten opener. Michigan is number 19. They need to go in this. They need to go in there and handle business. Make a statement. That's what I'm saying. They need to run the score up as bad as it sounds. People soft now that they need to run the score up and make a case on why they need to move up. Yeah, Michigan. That's what it's all about right now. Yeah. Top four. That's yeah, what it's think, all about. They already they got do one need loss. A statement game because they know, need to go into the Big Ten. A fancy and game, like a stat stuffer game, stat stuffer game, a coming out party. That's what I'm saying. Like we not we playing. This is what we here to do. You, you know what I mean? Give like, Shay a little. You know what I'm saying? Loosen up the leash a little bit. Yeah. Then they got Purdue after that. Cause oh, yeah, no, that's Nebraska. It's, it's, it's going to get into the stretch real quick. They got MSU coming up. It's going to be a big one, Penn State. So, they get into the stretch. That's always Big scary. 10 play is always tough. Yeah, yeah uh, Michigan averages 37 points a game. Yeah, they got to play Wisconsin. Only allow 15 points. So, you know, the defense the defense will be there. Um, hopefully, you know, they'll be at home. It's a noon game. Very comfortable game for Michigan. Um Nebraska allows 28 points. <laughs> they only score 23. But that quarterback is very impressive, Mr. Uh, Adrian Martinez. He's a very impressive uh, player. And so look forward to see if he if, if he plays. Game time decision. Uh, we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it. It's a noon game. Number 19, Michigan Wolverines and uh, Corn Huskers of Nebraska. Moving forward, we got another team to talk about in the state of Michigan, the Spartans of Michigan State. We had a bye week last week, which I believe is kind of strange to have a bye week in week three and then play like six or seven, eight games straight. Well, they needed it. (laughs) They needed it. They got to regroup. What do you mean? They lost to Arizona State. I'm not – Arizona State is a well-coached – Coach team, they have her and Edwards at the helm. But if you lose that game like the way they did, it, it was ugly all around. 
So you got to take a, a, a week off to reevaluate who you are. <laughs> well, you don't necessarily. Well, if I they mean, win the game, uh, yeah. then they still get the week off. Yeah, it's like, not. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, as yeah, if. Yeah, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. It's not. It's not as yeah. if. Now they, now, they, now they can hit a roll. They can so hit a roll. You're just saying it's best and they're supposed to lose. They were going to. No, no I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying, though, the bye week is good for them. You know, you lose a game like that to an opponent that, that they probably feel like they shouldn't have lost to. You know, like you need to reevaluate some things. You really need to work. You need this week, you know, this work week. You know, and then yeah. to go. And then who, who do they open up? Who, who do they play? Indiana. They play Indiana. This is they open up Big Ten play. So now you're hitting into the meat of the schedule. So you needed that week to, you know, get ready for this. Yeah, Michigan State comes into this game uh, with a questionable offensive line. They've been banged up, and they just really want to get that run game going for, uh, what is it, L.J. Scott, right? Yeah. yeah, L.J. Scott, they really want to get him going offensively so they can get Milwaukee out there with the pass. He had 39 passing attempts last Jeez. week. Guns he like was uh, 27 to 39. He threw for 300, but he threw a pick and one touchdown. Um, I bet they would really like to get that rushing game going. They only It looks like they only had maybe maybe a little over 100 yards, maybe not, because Brian Luarke had negative 12. Somebody do that math for me, 22, 20, 19, 16, 35, 55. So 77 total minus 12, 65 total rushing yards total for the Spartans as yeah, I do all that not, math right there stay light. on the spot here. No calculator necessary. Boy, if you don't get Shout out to me. Yeah. <laughs> basic math, basic math. But Arizona State, I mean, I had to give them credit last week. I mean, it was a game. It was at 1030. Talk about that, Alex. You talked about that last week when, uh, when we oh, was discussing that Michigan State, yeah, Arizona State game. That's a, that's a big factor. A Midwest team going out to the West Coast, playing a late game. That's actually, what are they, four hours? Three. Three hours. Yep. Three hours back. So that could have played a big factor in, you know what I'm saying, the Spartans coming out slow, not firing all, all cylinders. Because, you know what I'm saying, Midwest, we used to play in noon, 3.30 kickoffs. You know what right. I mean? So, but not making excuses for the Spartans. I think they just need to, you know what I'm saying, like Jamar said, took the, the bye week, the regroup, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and get a win. I mean, they're still playing state ball. You know, like it's a low scoring, it's a low scoring game. You know, yeah. defensively, the defensive line, the defensive line is hidden. You know, they only scored 16 points. They just offensive wasn't doing anything. They 13 points. You know, that's a that's a touchdown and two extra and two field goals, you know. It, like like we said, the the run game got to get there and that's just going to do nothing but open up the game more for the quarterback. Yeah, uh, Manny Wilkins for Arizona State. He had 380 yards passing and a touchdown and one interception. He threw 30 of 48. They receivers, uh, they got they got some good receivers out there. Kyle Williams, he's pretty good. Nikhil Harry, he was very impressive. Six catches, 89 yards, and a score. Kyle Williams has seven catches and 104 yards. No touchdown. But moving forward with the Spartans, they're playing Indiana. What do you guys think some of the keys to victories are going to be as they come off this bye week? What do you think they want to be able to do besides – you know, we, they want to get that run game going, but their offensive line is going to be a little stagnant uh, from the past two weeks. So we're going to see how they come out. What are you guys looking to see from the, uh, from the Spartans this weekend? They need a playmaker on the outside to emerge. Receivers? Receivers. Yep. What happened we need to see uh, more from the receivers. They, they got talent. They just 
offensive line struggling, so I don't think they really had the time to find those receivers. Because week one, those receivers, they actually did pretty good. I can't uh, remember. Cody White was name. a baller. Cody White. I will, I will say that. Cody White. Cody White has been uh, see more of those big plays. He's been very impressive. It's the same as I will Michigan say that. this week, though. He's they definitely been impressive. Yeah, we got to get those, – those big plays are a big part of it. You can't um, underestimate Indiana because Indiana's a good team. Oh, yeah. Uh, returning yeah. quarterback, saw in his sophomore year, he's playing really good. Three and up. Ramsey, I think, what, he's accounted for five touchdowns. And their offensive line is – it's yeah. amazing. Well, you know, they only allow one sack tempo. so far. Yeah, Indiana, that's what I was going to get to. Indiana plays with a lot of tempo. You know what I'm saying? They, they really want to score. They get to the line, <laughs> they snap the ball, and they take shots. They're really so going to try to score. The Spartans got to come in real disciplined on defense. You know what I mean? And But that's what they pride themselves on. So the whole I think defense, they can get though, it done. The defensive line is looking good, but when we get those short those short passes, it's where uh, Michigan State is really struggling on the defensive side. So with that fast tempo offensive, you know, the quick slants, out stuff like that, it's really gonna um, catch them off guard. So you know, keys to win the game: play smart on defense. Don't you know? Make the make the plays. Get out. Get off the get off the field on third down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some key factors it says here. Lansing State Journal. It said our uh, red zone creativity. It's got to be a little more creative in the red zone. No. <laughs> so basically, I feel like they want like some passes instead of just trying to like shove the ball, run the ball. Like down their throat or any or something like that. Maybe get some get some schemes going. Get you know get some play action. Get some guys and um, and play action and movements and get get guys going that way. Um, so that's one way. You know, red zone creativity. Uh, make sure you try to stop the run game early from Indiana. I believe that's that's one of the key for sure. But like uh, like you said, Jamar, I definitely believe it'll be. A low-scoring game, probably a, a, a three, three-point, three-point favorite. I would probably say um, 21-24 in favors of uh, the Spartans, just because they're coming off. They'll probably get off to a slow start. We hope they, you hope that they don't, but they may get off to a slow start yeah, offensively. They, they, they have, they're gonna have to rely on the defense all, all game because great Scott for Indiana. The run, the run game is strong. The offensive line, like yeah. I said, only allowing one sack. Throughout the season so far, you know this is this is Big Ten play now. Michigan State got to be ready. Yards against uh, Virginia. Yeah, who the running Great back? Great Scott, he's uh, a freshman. Yeah, he's pretty yeah, good. Freshman? Yeah, they got. Uh, I think they got a nice one too because I think they had a returner from last season that was pretty good. Indiana is not somebody to play around with. But uh, I will say, Indiana, yeah, they like to score the ball. But Virginia, um, they played Virginia last week. It was uh, 2016. And, um, you know, Virginia's always been one of those schools who pride themselves on defense. And, you know, State, they do a decent job, you know, defensively. You know, they lost to Arizona State 16-13. But, hey, I mean, they only allowed 16 points. So you kind of see that the defense is kind of there. It'll be there. Um, you hope that it's there this weekend on Saturday. What time is that uh, kickoff for that game? It's going to be at 730? 730. 730. 730. Oh, it's at Indiana. So to be at Indiana. Yeah, it's going to be tough. So Indiana's 3 and 0. So they played three games. 4 and 0. They're 3 and 0. They'll be playing oh, no, uh, last year. Speaking uh, ahead. Nah, wow, you were predicting? Calling, calling I think, I think you, you, heard, you heard it here first. Is this a segment for predictions? Of course, are we? Uh, that we doing weekly, <laughs> weekly, you know, like who, who got the most wins at the end of the season? <laughs> no, we can do it. I'm gonna keep quiet on Michigan State. I ain't seen, I ain't seen none of their games. You haven't seen none of their games. Nah. 
So how are you going to do some reporting on some on Michigan State game? You how ain't you going to do anymore. a prediction? I'm, oh, just, I'm just giving out what uh, ESPN giving out, man. <laughs> You see that? You see that right there? Buddy need to do his homework here. I see you guys do his homework. We are the group. (laughs) (laughs) This is the rundown. Don't forget, this is the rundown with the boys, the group, whatever we decide to be that day. Don't you forget that. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about some college football, fellas. Um, Let's dive into some of these games that we have this weekend. Let's let's see um, what we think who's going to win this weekend. We got uh, this Friday, tomorrow, we have... Florida Atlantic and uh, Central Florida. Who we think is going to win that contest? Remember, remember who was at the helm at Florida Atlantic, Mister Lane Kiffin himself, to the quote unquote offensive genius. Oh yeah, you know they lost to Oklahoma bad. Yeah, yeah, real bad. Last season it was real. No, this, this year. Season. I'm talking about last. What was last season? Then when well, they go undefeated. Who? No, that's that's UCF. That's, that's UCF. UCF. with Scott Frost at Nebraska. Now. Yeah, who's now at uh, at Nebraska? So. Yeah, UCF, Florida Atlantic, uh, UCF. They're ranked 16th in the country. You know, they're they're still a top 25 team. They're two and zero. They're going to be at home. It's going to be a dog fight. It's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> you gonna have the boys ready. You gonna have the boys ready. Well, um, well, let's see. UCF has a 85 percent chance, but I really wouldn't count out the uh, the Florida Atlantic Owls simply because of that high power offense. I mean, I know. That um, Lane Kiffin likes to score. Looks like he averaged they averaged thirty two points, but they allowed thirty nine points. They can get a they can put some points on the board, but we all know that UCF likes to put the points on the board as well. They're coming in averaging forty seven points. So, what do we think is going to be the outcome of that game? That, that game starts at seven. What do you think the outcome is going to be? What do you think, Alex? Um, I'll take UCF. You like UCF? Yeah. At home. At home. I think they'll go out, take care of business, improve. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They deserve another ranking. That undefeated, right? Three yes, 2-0. 2-0. Oh. Oh. So you calling out, you predicting too, huh? Yeah, I got UCF in that one. That's what we're doing. That's the segment. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, you are, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's no, no, no. That's the segment. UCF, UCF yeah, probably take this one. Uh, I say that because UCF probably has a better defense. I, I put it like that. So this game really going to come to what defense going to stop who first. You know, they both like to score the ball, both got good offenses. Who gonna stop who? Okay, I like I like that. What do you what do you think? Uh, Malik? uh again I haven't seen either teams this season. But going off of last season, UCF was some dogs and just because the coach gone now, I mean the players ain't there, you feel me? <laughs> so I mean the talent's still there, so I'm going with UCF. You gotta go with UCF. Yeah. So I just wanna be clear, everybody that's in here. I spoke on this game, all of them except for Zach, has UCF winning this game. So when in doubt, Florida Atlantic wins this game, I'm going to just be chilling with my legs crossed, and I think you guys are going to owe me beer or something. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. we have to see what happens. Oh, man. Um, moving forward. Somebody's in denial. <laughs> moving forward, Penn State. They're going to be taking on, I believe, Illinois and their Big Ten opener. Penn State all the way. Penn State. Yeah. Penn State. <laughs> year in, year out, it's a good team. I don't think that's the They really bounced back after the whole incident. Um, let's leave that at that. Yeah, we'll leave but, that at um, that. We yeah, won't no, speak no. on that. They, they, those those group of guys are really good, though. Yeah. You know, always um, got a strong well, running back. Yeah, they still got Trace McSorley. Well, they still have him. They have the running back, Sanders. 
who's looked impressive in uh, their first few Boobie. games. <laughs> Booby Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Miles. Yeah, I guess you could call him Booby Miles. Um, he's been uh, pretty good so far, uh, 295 yards so far this season, two touchdowns. They averaged 53 points coming into this game. Pretty good? Yeah, that's we, not that bad. Okay. Um, we just going to act like 295 is nothing. How many games they played? They played, what, three games? They played three games. They average how many points? Uh, 53. 53. Mm, yeah. yeah, they put some points on them. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who are they playing? Running Illinois. Up. Illinois ain't been good in how long? State. Hey. Hey. No, since, I'm not since saying. Juice. Wait, 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 wait. Illinois ain't been no. good since Juice. No, I'm not saying that Illinois is going to win or anything. I'm not saying that. But it's a Friday game, Friday night game. Well, my prediction is Penn State. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Nittany Lions. What do you believe, Malik? You believe the uh, Penn State Nittany Lions are going to take this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Okay. Noon. We got a SCC matchup here. We got number two, Georgia and Missouri. Missouri comes into this contest. They're going to be at home, and they are undefeated. They're 3-0. Georgia, we know, are 3-0 as well. Coming into this game again, ranked number two in the country. And according to ESPN, they have an 81.8% chance of winning this game. But, fellas. Georgia, them dogs, playmakers everywhere. McCall Hardman, playmaker. Too many, uh, still tough, man. Uh, you got to look at the SEC just like you look at the Big Ten. No matter who at the top, the whole division is fighting. You know, nobody nobody's laying down and getting their butt kicked. Missouri's a good team. They're 3-0 as well. So let's just not, you know, this ain't going to be no cakewalk for nobody. <laughs> I'm still picking Georgia, go dogs. Georgia by the spread. Georgia by the spread, huh? The spread, the spread? Oh, the spread is in doubt. It's uh, 14 and a half. 14, yeah. So two-and-a-half touchdown. Georgia to cover the spread. Okay, um, that's actually not that – well, that is kind of bad if you have you losing by two touchdowns or two and a half. But I will say this, Missouri averages 43 points a game. They have 587 total yards a contest. So they can score. You know, they probably have a good, decent tempo. I know the quarterback. Hey, 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 I didn't even see the quarterback points allowed. Points allowed. 21 points. They do they, they do give up three touchdowns. Georgia while eight. Only allows eight points. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. No, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. It's a noon game, but they are on the road. So, don't, you know, that spread, it may or may not be covered. You know, it may only be, it may have only ended up being maybe like 10. You know, they may only win by 10 points. So, you never know with that spread. But then, you know, Jake from you know, Holyfield, Evander Holyfield Jr., he's a monster. He is a monster. I don't know if you guys ever seen Evander Holyfield this season, but he is a monster. And so we'll see what happens with them. Hopefully they can get through that that run game going. Jake Fromm, he's been impressive so far. Six six touchdowns so far. Six yes, six touchdowns. In his uh, yeah, from, really. go dogs. Yeah, six yeah, yeah. in his Woo! first first few games, six touchdowns total. Let's see who else we have here on the schedule. Notre Dame, they playing at noon. They have uh, Wake Forest. That'll probably be a good dub, good W for Notre Dame. They'll probably win by ten points, maybe more. The spread here is uh is seven. Woo wee, Alex, man, I think you know Notre Dame a little familiar, man. Defense. From week one, <laughs> defense, defense, pass rushes. They have so many pass rushes, elite pass rushes. So um, that's always going to be a determinant factor. They uh, kind of laid an egg last week, but they still came out with the W. You know what I mean? That's what this game is about. Just find a way to win. I think Notre Dame 
they gonna take care of business this weekend for sure. Yeah, um, they did win last week. It was against Vanderbilt, and it was twenty two seventeen. That was a shaky game, and Wimbush, he's been like a kind of a playmaker, sort of kind of. He's been impressive with his legs, but he's thrown four picks so far this season, only one touchdown. Uh, so far, they do have a 70% chance of winning this contest with only a seven-point favorite. However, what do you guys think are going to happen, uh, Jamar, in this contest? Um, they're like another state. You know, Wimbush isn't really impressive. He's a good athlete. You know, he's not really somebody that I look to have the game, you know, taking over. He's not really taking over the game for me. Um, it's their defense. Um, just, just, I don't know about that. You don't that. have to agree with me. It's my no, opinion. Well, no, that's fine. But, I, you know, that Michigan game in particular, the first game, you know, he was able to use his legs a lot and was able to get a lot of first downs and put them in position, you know, to score the ball or at least get field goals or at least switch up field position because I think that was one of the key factors in that game between Notre Dame and Michigan was the um, – and the mobility of the quarterback. I, I, I give you that. He is a mobile quarterback, and that's one of the things I do like about him. But that's, I'm not giving it to him to win the game for them. I'm giving it to their defense because we watched the game last week, and like they weren't pass rushing or rushing, period, as aggressively <laughs> as they were against Michigan. And I, and me and Alex were really upset about this because, <laughs> you know, why aren't you going as hard as you were in the big house? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, they turned it on, and, you know, they got it together. But you know, looking looking at Notre Dame, they're, they're not a scoring team. They're defensive Notre team. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Sorry. No. No. Notre Dame. You Notre know Dame. What I said. <laughs> I stand behind it. Yeah, the Fighting Irish. They are still undefeated. They come in this contest ranked eighth in the country. Wake Forest is indeed two and one. What do you think will take place? You got any upsets? You got any crazy things? Or you think Notre Dame is going to win this contest, Malik? Honestly, the way they've been playing. I think they one of them teams that play to to the level of the uh, competition. So I'm calling upset with this one. You call it upset? I'm calling upset with this one. It's always a crazy. It's always a crazy upset. It's always a crazy upset. Okay, so this is remember. If I I see it with anybody, y'all see it with Notre Dame. That is beyond me right there. So yeah, I'm Zach's taking. Zach, look, Zach's taking the Fighting Irish. I believe Alex, you're gonna go with the Fighting Irish. Off the spread. <laughs> Off the spread. <laughs> and then uh, Jamar here is going to go I'm, I'm, with the no, fighting no, Irish. No, no, I'll take it back. I'm going to side with Malik. You're going to side with Malik? Yeah. So we have a split factor yeah. here. Two on one side, two on the other. Tune in next Notre week on the rundown with the group or the boys, whatever we decide to be that day. Make sure you tune in next week to find out how we did on these predictions. Moving forward with some college football coming up this Saturday. We still got some... Some early games. We still got a few early games, fellas. Uh, a few more noon games early on on that Saturday. Michigan obviously plays at noon. We all have Michigan winning that contest. They, they have an 18-point favorite. I think they win by 14 points, somewhere up in there, 14 points. Yes. Probably maybe, maybe more, maybe like maybe 17, 21, depending on how Nebraska approaches this game. But I think they go out of there with a victory as they enter a Big Ten play. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that at that point. But it all depends on how, how good of a role Shea Patterson gets going on. You know, he can be a little shaky from the start, but he always gets himself together. It just depends on how he comes out and how, how much of a leash they, they let him get. Alex? Boston College. 
Boston College. Oh, you already just going with U of M? They're going to just get the yeah, dub. and W. Uh, Boston College and Purdue. Boston College, A.J. Dillon. Former Michigan commit. <laughs> like, uh, uh, hey. Doing big things at Boston College. No, he was, oh my goodness. He's been impressive this year, but last year, he was like a freak mm-hmm. of nature. Like, he was freak. just... He was running the ball throughout the Big East. Like, that's that's like a crazy. solid game too. Yeah, uh, Purdue got another um, out of conference. It's a new yeah, new game. game. Yeah, Haven't won a game. Purdue's terrible. Yeah, Purdue's. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not holding back. They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. I'm not. I'm not giving. I'm not taking away credit from Eastern, but. But what? We won that game. I like to say Eastern we won. got the dub. I can say we. Yeah, I can say we. You know, you know, Malik. I can say we. You know, you know I walk across that, that stage. I walk, got that yeah, I got that degree from there. You know, so so I I can definitely uh, I can say that. You know, so yeah, uh, Boston College. I think they'll just run the ball pretty good, but you you never know. Um, they're only a favorite to win this game by seven points, so anything can happen. And Purdue's at home, and you know. They're looking to win a game. They're desperate. You know, they're 0-3. Boston College are 3-0. and They're looking to get their first dub and give, you know, Boston College their first loss. So we'll see what happens. That game kicks off at noon, 3-30 game right here. This is kind of like the, the game one. of the week right here. It's the big one. Uh, we got Mr. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, SEC West Showdown, 3-30 kickoff. Alabama Crimson Tide. And I think Jimbo, Jimbo got them boys ahead of the curve. <laughs> Jimbo said, what? Uh, how many years? We winning now. Jimbo got them boys ready. Yeah. Um, Alabama. But. <laughs> but, but it's but, still Alabama. Uh, Alabama. You know how that can turn out. Um, Much as I hate to say it. Tua, he's been impressive. As always, ever Roll since we've time. ever since we've seen you know that that half of that national championship leading until the first three games Jerry of the Judy. season, playmaker. They, they've averaged fifty six points so far this season. Nick Harris, he's been impressive. The passing game, like you know, Tua, he's been amazing. Eight total touchdowns, Man, no in uh, no picks, the, the six, offense, over six hundred passing yards. Different this year, it's more effective. It's lethal. It's lethal, you it's would lethal. say. They go down the field a little more. Two or throw the deep ball a little better. Call the offense death row, baby. <laughs> you would call it death row. It's pocket presence because we killing out here. We. Yeah, a tool. He's definitely been an impressive uh, football player uh, so far this season. Uh, Texas A and M. They're gonna look at. They're gonna look to send. They're gonna be looking to send some guys defensively. Gonna look to get after the quarterback uh, most definitely with that front four. Uh, they have five sacks so far this season. I believe that's like at least third in the SEC or something like that. But yeah, the point spread is in heavily in Alabama's favor. It's a twenty-six point uh, spread. I don't think they cover that spread though. I think. I think, like you said, Alex, Jimbo gets those boys ready. And it'll be a tight game. Maybe not necessarily tight as far as, like, 26 points, but somewhere around 17. But you never know. Uh, they may wear those boys out. So I'm going to go to Alabama, but they may not cover the spread. They may win by 17, 20 points. Maybe not 26. What do you guys think, Malik? I'm going Bama. You're going to go with Bama? Yeah, as much as I hate to say it. The boys, they, they too much. Too they much. Too much. What do you What do you see that's most impressive about Alabama that you that you see them for the key reasons why they'll win this matchup? I mean, the quarterback. 
you know, he to took a, over the yeah, he took over the uh, position like it was his, which it <laughs> is. And he uh he a good leader. He running them boys. Yeah, no, the passing passing game has been effective so far this season. Two hundred fifty yards passing, and they haven't been round and pound the game so far this year. Well, actually, two hundred yards passing and one hundred yards on the ground. But you kind of expect the run game to be like a little more effective, maybe around that one fifty range, maybe one seventy. You know how Alabama kind of does it. You know they get after it, roll tide. What do you like to say when all else fails? All else fails, <laughs> they roll, they roll tide. <laughs> <laughs> Saving the car three runs in a row, four five runs in a row, all the way down the field. That's just that's demoralizing to the opponent. Though, so I understand. Can't stop them. The best Jay got the best O line, best D line. Alabama they win is the equivalent to the rich big. get richer. The rich get richer. Yeah, they're a uh, they're it's powerhouse. It's unfortunate, you know. Because I've never been on the favor of, of Alabama. They like never, monopolizing college football, never. bro. I ain't even going to lie to you. <laughs> they got a monopoly on the ages. Wait till they get caught. We though. take you. We take you. Wait till they, you. Wait till they get caught. They Another they five star. Caught, Another <laughs> five right, star. Oh, high four star. We'll take you. Come on. Boys ain't doing nothing it's wrong. People want to play for winners. Time. People want to play for winners. Don't know. Will nobody go to Alabama if they was zero and nine? Yeah, you do got a point there. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Does an zero and nine team have players on his team? Yeah. Is that good though? Do no. people go to the team? Or do, do people play on the team? Are they good? We talking about four or five star <laughs> recruits, my man. <laughs> hey, it's on now. Uh, but 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 you know what? I ain't even gonna say that because hey, you need a pass rusher. He wasn't a four star recruit coming out of high school, but he is that man now. Khalil Mack. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, that man nice. Oh yeah, we'll we'll definitely yeah, talk nice. about Mr. Khalil Mack moving forward. Do Shots not fired, worry about boy. that. Um, 3.30 kickoff, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Clemson. Yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson on that one as well. Easy. Uh-huh. Not too much getting to that. So, uh, yeah, Clemson, they'll probably come out with that victory. You, you a popular man. Against uh, Georgia Tech. Here, yeah, I'm studying getting phone calls. It's a uh, shout-out to my man's uh, William. It's his birthday. Uh, shout-out to him. He wanted me to be there. I can be there because of this great podcast. Um, it's been it's been a blast so far, fellas. Uh, let's keep it going. Ohio State. Um, Ohio State. No we don't, I don't even need no. Dwayne Haskins. Impressive. He's been very impressive. Mike Weber. Impressive. Um, sort of. Mr. Uh, Urban Meyer. He's coming back. This will be yes, his first sir. game since his three game suspension. Yes, sir. They're heavily favored against Tulane. It's I a home game. Him, I expect him to put up sixty points. Yeah, yeah. Urban's Urban's mad. You have angered Urban. Yeah, speaking of Urban, man. What's up, man? Urban, he should not have did the interview to yeah. ESPN. Did y'all see that? Yeah, no. Yeah. ESPN yeah. interview, he terrible. He tripping, he tripping, well, he tripping. What they say, never trust a man who talks in third person about himself. <laughs> like, come on, Urban. You should have just, <laughs> just let it blow over. Cause, yeah, nah. Let your school speak for you. Let your team speak for you. You shouldn't have said anything. Just keep playing ball. That wasn't yeah, it. Mistakes were made. Once you come back. It's done nowhere, bro. Done Mistakes were made, but cool. I think him getting on there trying to doing a tell all. I don't, I don't. Think it ain't it no, you don't right. need no confessions. It's all, it's all over. Yeah, let's not dive in too deep on that situation. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, let's just stick to the yeah. games. Cause we don't want to <laughs> yeah, get in. That, 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 that whole thing can get a little dirty, get a little messy when you dive in deep uh, in that we situation. Got, yeah, we got Ohio State covering the spread. Whatever the spread might be 50. <laughs> it's, 30, it's 37, 37 points. Covering that. All right, what's next, Zach? We got, uh, we got West Virginia and uh, Kansas State. West Virginia, easy. West Virginia's offense on this year is. They only played two games. Yeah, they've only played two games so far. I caught that first game and it was impressive. Will Greer. Impressive. The receiver. Impressive. Oh, my goodness. The receiver they got. Man, he's been. What's his name? I can't even remember his name. But, man, he was going deep, most definitely. He's a deep guy. He definitely is a deep threat down the field. I just can't think of his name right now. But um, no, they've been impressive offensively without question. And I'm um, receiving leader for sure. He's oh yeah, uh, the guy I can't think of his name. Is it? Is it Zuber? Is it the? Uh, mm-hmm. It's not Zuber. It's, it's not uh, him. But uh, it may be Sims. Sims. Yeah, or is it Jennings? One nineteen. Jennings six catches, ninety-seven yards. Oh okay. Could be either one. Oh, that was the last. That was his previous game. The previous yeah, game. That's their offense. Oh yeah, Power the offense right there. That's yeah, Jennings has had twelve catches. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah, Jennings had twelve catches so far this season. Two hundred and ten yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, West Virginia. They like to score the ball forty six points. But one thing that's always been skeptical with West Virginia that's looked like it's improved so far this year. David Seals is the uh, is the defense. David Seals is the wide receiver. Yeah, yeah it sounds like uh, he gets little. Impressive. Yeah, he's definitely uh, been impressive so far. But yeah, they haven't given up that many points in their first um, two games so far this year. Only fifteen and a half points so far. And uh, Kansas State, they've given up twenty four points, and they come into this contest two and one. So, uh, what we're all going to decide with the Mountaineers here coming in ranked at number 12? Yeah, I think so, too. Let's move along, fellas. Let's see who else that we have here on this college football schedule. Remember, this is the rundown featuring the boys or the group or whatever we decide to be on that particular day. We got Vitek and Old Dominion. I'm just going to flat out say Virginia Tech, they're in too impressive on the defensive side of the ball. I believe they covered the spread 20 half and 27 and a half points yeah, against nice Old Dominion. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the quarterback has thrown already for 500 yards total, I believe, in this contest. Well, over over 500 yards, excuse me, yeah, so far. Impressive. Yeah, so he's been impressive. So I believe they'll cover the spread. Miami, they're looking to bounce back after a loss. They're playing against Florida International. Malik Rozier, I like Malik Rozier. Um, He's been pretty good, for me at least, at least I believe, in terms of passing the ball. He's thrown for uh, five total touchdowns so far this year. He's got to be a little more accurate with the football, I believe. That's always been his problem, though. Yeah, just getting some getting his accuracy um, impressive. I mean, more, more impressive, to be more impressive. Uh, so, yeah, I'm taking the Hurricanes after they um, – came back from uh, being in Toledo. They actually visited Toledo last weekend, so that was cool. Shout out to the mud. <laughs> yeah, Malik, is uh, he's actually from Toledo. Then he got some Ipsy, Ypsilanti roots. Yeah, so yeah. we both know those areas pretty well. What do you guys think uh, with Texas and TCU? You know, they're coming off a win that I don't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't too happy with. Hook em. What you, you know, Texas, that's like my second home. <laughs> nah, shout out to the Longhorns, though, man. Hook them horns. 
What do you guys think will happen with that game? It's, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a battle. Um, I think Texas. I think Texas wins, and it's a statement game to um, get them into the top twenty-five. Oh yeah, they used to be USC too. They trying yeah. to roll. Good They're game. To roll. Good game. USC just wasn't. Um, Good enough to stay with those boys. Yeah, they're trying to run. Yeah, uh, freshman quarterback at the helm, big game. Yeah, tell us how you feel about that, Zach. It was just, I mean, it was rough, man. I mean, we just, they just got we, ran over, honestly. Like, we honestly just got ran over. You talking about TCU? Uh, no, USC. Yeah, I wasn't too happy about that game. And it looks like there may be a few more games that may look like that. I don't know. Clay Helton, he's got some work to do over at USC. But, yeah, uh, I think Tom Herman uh, loses this game. I think it's going to be close. T- TCU squeezes a win out in Austin and a tight one. TCU. Yeah, TCU is pretty impressive. Though. Yeah. yeah you know, that's think, another Texas team. Them so. boys can run, too. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, them boys can run. I really think uh, TCU got a good chance in that game. Uh, the running back, Anderson, he's had nearly 300 yards so far. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that game. That'll be a good one. It's at 430. 17th ranked TCU in the Longhorns looking to keep their momentum in full swing after their win last week. Uh, their unfortunate W, if I may add. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see those two Texas teams going against each other every season. Now. Yeah, that's cool. Formula rivalry. Yeah, especially when both teams are uh, – Trying to trying to either either stay at the top of the helm of the Big Twelve or at least try to improve. You know, Texas had their down years um, the past few seasons. With uh, then I have new coach and he's in his second year and and they have uh, after having Charlie Strong in his first three years there and it didn't work out so well. And now he's at uh, he's in Florida. He's at South Florida. Um, and trying to improve that program. Six o'clock game. Uh, BYU. They're ranked twenty fifth. Uh, they've been giving some teams problems, win or lose. You know, bring them Young University. That's an interesting school. Very interesting, if I might add. I won't touch yeah. on why, but it is a very oh, interesting yeah. school. Different conversation. Uh, so yeah, they BYU. Play. They play McNeese. McNeese uh, shout out to McNeese, but BYU they're undefeated too. But McNeese it looks like now. yeah, it looks like McNeese may lose. Yeah, they're gonna lose that game. They don't even stand a chance, according to ESPN. As ESPN has them, a only three percent chance. Oklahoma, they're playing Army at seven p.m. Yep, you know what time it is. What do you guys think about Kyle Murray? Impressive, impressive. I like him. He has a uh, good understanding of the offense. And yeah. It shows. Good grasp of the offense. Nice wheels on him for sure. Definitely likes to turn that corner and uh, gets that ball. And check out the retros, man. <laughs> <laughs> the maroon and white retros. Elevens <clears throat> is fire. Yeah, they're rocking the elevens out there, man. It's I don't get it. You know, it's I don't sweet. understand it fire. with the whole football and the Jordan. And because when U of M got it, I was not a happy camper. But that's a different topic for a different day. Um, the best teams. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. We'll speak on that another day. Oklahoma comes to this contest as a heavily favored against um, Army. Army won't probably stand a chance in this contest. Oklahoma will look to fire some points on the board as they average nearly 50 points a contest. So, what you think, Malik? Oklahoma, Army. You think Army can squeeze out? A victory with that triple, with the triple option. Oh, man. Maybe against Georgia Tech. 
Oklahoma. <laughs> LSU, they got Louisiana Tech uh, and Orgeron. He got those boys ready. Um, yeah, I like LSU. I like LSU, too. Uh, Greedy Will, shout out Greedy Will. <laughs> <laughs> the coldest name in college football. Right yeah, Greedy, yeah, Greedy Williams, that's an impressive name. He's an impressive player. Uh, they come into this game, again, ranked eighth. It's a 7 o'clock game. Uh, Louisiana Tech, they're undefeated. They are undefeated, I will say that. But, yeah, when you got a name like Greedy Williams, it doesn't really matter, like, who your opponent is. <laughs> really, it should. Oh, I won't go that far, but oh, they have been impressive so far. They're 3-0. and They're playing a Louisiana Tech team that knows how to put points on the board yeah, so far this got season. Big wins, too. Who did they, um, week one? Week one, uh, it was it? Miami. Miami, yeah. They have the U. They beat the U last week. And they beat Auburn. Auburn. Last, uh, well, they beat Auburn last week and then beat Miami in week, week one. So they battle-tested yeah, uh, already. Yeah. Already. So they're going to just they war war. yeah they're going to look to uh, definitely yeah, put some points games, on the board. Yeah, de- definitely some good games. They're going to look to put some points on the board, get some style points, yeah, get some style points on this one. Yep. So I'm looking to see uh, Ed Orgeron, who I definitely miss, and I tweeted that last weekend after that USC loss. Definitely miss some Ed Orgeron being at uh, USC. But moving forward, we got an SEC matchup at 7 p.m. Mississippi State. In Kentucky, Mississippi State comes to this contest ranked 14th in the country. They're 3-0. Kentucky is 3-0 as well. So we're going to see. It's going to be a tight game, I believe. Mississippi State. Kentucky's at, Kentucky's at home. Yeah, I, I State, they got Mississippi State. They got to do it for the chips, man. Yeah. Kentucky barely beat us. I know it was, four, it was 15, 15 point win, I believe, but I, I just think that they um, aren't as good as they seem. What do you think, Malik? What do you think happens with the Kentucky Wildcats and the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs? Both teams undefeated. Um, might be a close matchup. Kentucky's at home. It's they at home. It's a night game. They're probably going to have a, a blue out or a blackout or something for this contest. It's going to be on ESPN2 for sure. Not promoting that, just throwing that out there. It's going to be a national televised game. So they're going to look to come out and be on top. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, looking at their past games, it's looking like Mississippi State has put up more points, but Kentucky has played better opponents. Really? I think Kentucky might uh, I pull out the upset. Think Kentucky have a chance? Yeah. yeah. And they at home. I think they might pull out the upset. Yeah, they are at home. Um. They have been very impressive so far. It's three and zero. You know they have a flu. They beat Florida for the first time in what? How long? What is it? Thirty one years. Something, something like yeah. And uh, the post game, the uh, the athlete that talked about the post game, he, he was said he was tired of hearing that long drought of not beating Florida, and he had enough. And they went out and they won twenty seven sixteen, and they've beaten Murray State forty eight to ten. So they got some momentum here. You know, uh, yeah, Mississippi State, they haven't played too many tough opponents outside of, you know, Ole Miss and LSU. Those were their uh, first two games, and they lost their first contest 31-28 against Ole Miss. Yeah, and I want to uh, say shout-out Brian Cole, Saginaw native, by way of Saginaw Heritage, starting on that Mississippi State defense. Definitely starting. Starting in the secondary. Number 32, I believe. He's number 32. So, yeah, he's definitely a Saginaw native. Can I apologize? What do you want to say? I'm sorry, Kentucky. Kentucky will win. Kentucky's on I, 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 I didn't know how they started the season. I was just, you know, 
a little angry. <laughs> Are you a little angry with the fact that CMU yeah. lost to uh, the Kentucky Wildcats? I mean, well, that's a tough team, you know? I mean, like I said, uh, they came out and was uh, very, very um, impressive, uh, CMU. Man, we came out firing against the Wildcats. They forced like three or four turnovers in like, the first half, yeah. was able to capitalize on those. They came out with I only, was on only down one point. I believe it was 20 to 21. They just didn't get a chance to get the offense going in the second half of that contest. But moving forward, 7.30 game. Who do we have in that SEC matchup, Jamar? Tell uh, us who do we have. We got Arkansas and we got Auburn. Uh, looks like uh, Auburn's going to be ranked ninth in the country here. Uh, still just, dangerous. Yeah, yeah, they're still they're still going to be dangerous, even though they uh, lost last week. Which is, you know, you know what bothers me sometimes with SEC and rankings and everything. So, Auburn is ranked ninth in the country with one loss. And they're right below LSU, who's ranked eighth. How is that? They they literally just lost. Like, how how is, how is that even? That's the power I mean, of the, it's, it's, it's all about who rankings. you lose to, really. You know, if they had lost to a team that was ranked lower, way lower or not even ranked or something like that, then it's like, it's a lot of talk going on of where, where they're placed. But... You know, they lost to LSU, which is a good team. You know, you can't be mad at them. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, it's, it's definitely a flawed you, system. They shouldn't be nice. Yeah, no. that's, that's the issue with the preseason rankings that some people have, though. Because, <laughs> like, as you said, the strength of schedule, you know what I mean? Sometimes that can get, like, blown out of proportion sometimes. Where, like, SEC scores, of course, you know they're going to bump heads. They're going to match with each other. So when you have two ranked opponents, it's kind of hard to determine, you know what I'm saying, where to shift them or how to move the rankings. But... Like I said, that's some that's something that uh, what's the AP poll they have to look into. What yeah. was Auburn ranked before the season started, though? They probably were ranked very high. Uh, Malik, why don't you check on that? Uh, see, see what was the preseason rankings was, of uh, LSU and and Auburn, and see what they'll see what they both were as we head into this yeah, fourth week. I'm sure LSU jumped into the top 10, though. I think they started outside. Yeah, they may have been around like 17 or, or something like that because uh, Miami and, and LSU, I believe they were oh. ranked like oh, somewhere close to the same. Because I remember Miami was ranked like eighth or something like that. So, yeah, what, what was the rankings for uh, LSU and Auburn in the preseason rankings? I have a little technical difficulties right now. <laughs> As we uh, continue, uh, Jared Stidham for Auburn. He's been decent so far, a, a close to 600 yards total passing. Uh, only three touchdowns, but that's okay because the, the rushing game has been pretty solid for the Tigers. And they're playing a uh, Arkansas team who's only one and two. And Auburn's heavily favored. But you never know. You know, this is SEC matchup, SEC play. It's a night game. Auburn may take a little quarter off, and Arkansas may be able to capitalize on that quarter. So they're heavily favored, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I will go with Auburn. I will definitely go with Auburn. Um, Auburn the Tigers moves. over the Razorbacks. Auburn moved up a spot. Number, number 10. So who was ranked 10th? Yeah, Auburn. Auburn was ranked 10th. In the preseason. And so they lost one game, and now they're ninth. LSU. So that's what you're telling me right now. Is that they came into the preseason ranking ranked tenth? They lost a game and now they're ninth. Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's definitely That's a flawed true. system. College football rankings, two thousand eighteen, week one, top twenty five. 
Uh, Auburn is number 10. LSU wasn't ranked. That's what it's saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a flaw. I'm sure, I'm sure there's was, always uh, some teams that LSU aren't ranked. They should votes, be. But they weren't people, ranked. People didn't know what to expect out of uh, the, the Ohio State transfer. Uh, Burrow? Oh, yeah, no, he's impressive. Yeah. I think that's our word of the day right there. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah, he's definitely been uh, doing very well. He's definitely been doing very well. Impressive. Uh, Pac-12 matchup. We got a seventh-ranked Stanford, and they're playing. Who are they playing, Alex? Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, You want to say The Ducks. You know, the Ducks. The freshest thing Yeah, man. Those uniforms are definitely legit. What do you guys think about those uniforms in Marmalade? League? What do you guys think? They definitely winning. They by far above everybody in college football with those uniforms. Hey, the Ducks every year. I'll pay them. I'll pay them to go sit on the bench. <laughs> drip too hard, hey. Drip too hard. Boy, drip too hard. Drip too hard. So, so wait. All the drip. They too much sauce? <laughs> they got too much sauce. <laughs> so, the Oregon Ducks, their uniforms are definitely legit. They definitely got too much sauce with the uniforms. But, but, <laughs> uniform don't yeah. they're at home. But, they're at home. Performance. They're at home. It's 8 o'clock game. They say when you look good, you play good. Sorry. They say when you look good, you play well, good. Well, the could kill. They stand for saying no chance. But, that isn't the case in college football, guys. Absolutely right. Um, Oregon, they'll definitely look to ground and pound a game. It should be a tight matchup. I will say both proponents are undefeated, uh, but Oregon puts up a ton of points. They always They're do. looking to score. Oh, yeah, you know, they always do. They put up 50 points a game, so you know they're going to be looking to up-tempo the ball on offense. Stanford has the defense. Though. Stanford does have the defense. They've always had a solid front seven and at least one good guy in the secondary. So... We'll see what happens with that matchup. That's going to be at 8 o'clock on uh, Saturday. Wisconsin-Iowa. That's an 8.30 game out in Iowa. Upset. Wisconsin coming off a big loss. Upset. Wah, wah, wah. So you think Iowa wins? Is it Iowa? You know, you know how Iowa does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kinnick Stadium. Woo-wee, is it a night game? Iowa is yes, it is. Oh, man. Yeah, Iowa. <laughs> I said Wisconsin. Yeah, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, no, they're losing. Iowa, Iowa <laughs> always has the great running backs. Defense is always amazing. I'm telling you, they be, they be It's uh, over. It's over. That pink, that pink locker room. Yeah. Wisconsin say goodbye to the top they 25. Do do I would say they hello. They got that pink away locker room. Bro, they so petty for that. They petty. <laughs> they also cool got the tradition though. guys with the, um, out there in Iowa. They have the hospital. Um, cancer patients, I, I think, um, children. Oh, the the children. wave. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, they wave before the game. Sure. Um, yeah, so one of the coolest traditions actually in college football with um, with the patients being able to see the game from their windows, being able to wave, and everybody waves up to them. That's, oh, that's no, cool. that, Yeah, that, I did actually see that last week, and that is that is awesome to see that that children's hospital is actually right there for the uh, for the kids to be able to watch the football games and be able to be able to be a part of it. I think that is. So uh, Hawkeyes gonna win. I think that's awesome. But yeah, I think the Hawkeyes may be able to squeeze one out because it's gonna be a tight game. Uh, it may be an upset. I'm gonna go with a field goal, fellas. I'm gonna go a tight game. We're gonna go 2017. I'll even give this one a score because I know that game is gonna be tight because it's a Big Ten matchup. Defenses are gonna try to perform very well, so we'll see. And both of them, both teams will probably look to get the run game going as well. 10-30 kickoff game in top 25. We got uh, number 10, Washington. And we got Herm Edwards, road game, Pac-12, 10-30, at the helm. Herm Edwards, Arizona State, Sun Devils coming in. And they're not ranked anymore, but they were ranked. They're now 2-1. and one. 
and he's going to hope to get those guys back in full swing against a tough opponent in the Washington Huskies. You know, Washington Huskies, they're ranked, uh, ranked 10th in the country. Yeah. Very impressive on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. It's definitely going to be a good game. Uh, Hiram is definitely going to get those boys on the right track. One of the best coaches that I've ever seen in my in my era. Um, great coach. Always has his team prepared. So I'm not looking for Washington to overpower uh, Arizona State at all. It's going to be a tough battle. So um, Yeah, I'm um, Washington, I believe they'll be impressive. Early on, you know, with uh, with Jake Frowney, and uh, they'll be able to get it done. I think they get it done at home by at least uh, by at least seventeen points. I think they win. I think they win kind of handily. What do you think, Malik? You think uh, Herm Edwards comes in, sneaks something, gets it going, or you think the Washington Huskies be able to pull this one out? Uh, it's possible. I think Arizona gonna come out. Uh, Arizona State. I think they're gonna come out firing, but I think Washington State or Washington is gonna pull it out in the end. Gonna be a close game, though, I believe. Yeah, Alex, what do, you, what do you think about this game in this Pac-12 matchup? Taking, I'm taking the Huskies. I think they'll, I think they'll come out ready to play. But shout out to Herm Edwards, though. Yeah, shout out to Herm Edwards, uh, African American coach at the helm of uh, Arizona State. Uh, that's that's something you don't really see in college football. So that's a salute to him and being able to come in after having a job in, uh, in television for quite some time. But always being around, you know, football. He's always been around football his entire life. So, Champion. So uh, congrats to him on this first year so far, being at the helm of Arizona State. Moving forward, fellas. We Donkey got some, of the day in some <laughs> We got some topics to discuss in the pro football world. And one is a strange one. I don't think uh, – I don't really think we've ever seen something like this, like, <laughs> ever. Unheard <laughs> of. This is a world Spare. star moment. He said he was up. Totally different. Uh, Vontae Davis, now former Buffalo Bill, former Indiana Colt, and I believe Miami, uh, University Miami Hurricane. He retired uh, this past week on Sunday. But, Alex, what was so interesting about him retiring that man, on Sunday? That man went to the went to the showers at halftime and called it quits. Said it was over. <laughs> Some unheard of, never seen it before. But I understand. Like, yeah, so um, it's time. It's time. That was a very interesting concept. He did it at halftime. Never seen it done before. Ever in my 25 years of living. Uh, what do you guys think about this, uh, Jamar? What do you think about Vestavante Davis uh, well, retiring at halftime? <laughs> Not the game. Not after the season. <laughs> Not during the summer when anybody think about it. We're talking about halftime. Are you serious? <laughs> hey, man. Look, if this was if this was the Breakfast Club, he is the donkey of the day, man. <laughs> you can't be serious. All respect is lost for this, man. He was, he was a good cornerback. That's my thing. You know, a good player, respected by his peers and everything. But you just – all that goes out the window. And I know you're not supposed to care what others think. But in the world of football, it's all about opinions. You know, like, yeah, your stats and everything like that. But you won't make it into the Hall of Fame. People don't like you. You know, this this guy – Basically, you know, yeah, you retired and you say it's because of, you know, your, your feelings and you just wasn't feeling it no more. But at the end of the day, finish the game at least. 
Yeah, um, a lot of people were unhappy that he um, he kind of caught it quits, you know, midway through the game. But, you know, my, my take is this, you know, it's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it's the Buffalo Bills. Who's the quarterback? Who's at the helm of this team right now? Ooh. We don't know if it's Nathan Peterman. Oh, it's Peterman. Or if it's the or yeah, if it's the uh, they, they or the rookie. Who is the rookie? Josh Allen? Yeah. I mean, so but I mean, we got both of these quarterbacks. They're not good. They're at the helm of this offense. And I am on defense constantly because we can't even score the ball. And we suck. And I'm 30. I'm 30. I'm straight. I've been in 10 years. We suck. I'm not just going to come out and just say that, but you guys suck. And I'm not about to come out here and just put my body on the line night in and night out for half effort. He may have seen, he may have saw lack of effort. And so it's just like I can't be with a group of guys that's, you know what I'm saying, that's like this. And so I feel like that's maybe part of the reason why, why he may have called it quits. Now he may he didn't say that, uh, Mister. Uh, he had a he had an article in the Undefeated about why the reason he had um, why he quit. And um, one of the reasons in particular, uh, Alex, I'll have you uh, I'll have you read this quote that he sent to uh, Mister uh, Dominique Foxworth of ESPN. He sent Mister Mister Foxworth a text. With about his final note regarding the uh, his decision. Um, he says, um, quotes, and on a final note, Fox leaving was therapeutic, bro. I left everything the league wanted me to be. Playing for my teammates while injured, the gladiator mentality, it all just, it all just, what do you say, popped? Mm-hmm. And when it popped, I just wanted to leave it all behind. So that's why I don't care what people say. That experience was personal and not meant for anyone else to understand. It was me, cold turkey, leaving behind the identity that I carried with me for so long. What do you think of those thoughts, Malik? I mean, it's, I mean, it's coming out the blue. You feel me? Like he's never, I don't know, not to, to my knowledge, I don't think he's ever expressed any uh, discomfort with being in uh, Buffalo. With being, uh, being in Buffalo, but uh, like you said, I get it. You know, I've been in situations where I didn't want to be there, but I stuck it out. I bit the bullet. Got through it. You can't run away from all your problems, you feel me? Well, I, yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a problem. It's just more so it's a situation where yeah, like I said, I get I'm it, not in a winning situation. You could have went about it a better way if that was the case. Yeah, retiring at halftime is, is abnormal for like, sure. That's a, like, you you lied about it. Purpose. Like, he made history. We're going to talk about this for, <laughs> for, for a while. You know like, like, first player to ever retire at halftime. Winners don't quit. And that, that goes two ways. If you want to win, you don't quit. And people who want winning teams, they don't quit the ways. team. So they wouldn't win in that. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, they definitely. I mean, but it's it just, you know what I'm saying? He, he know how his body feel. And, like, I had a coach who used to tell me, like I'm saying, you, you do worse for the team playing hurt sometimes when you could just get out the way. Unless somebody 100%, you know what I'm saying? He could have sat, there. eh? He yeah, went and told the coach he, he was done. I he could have sat, but he was done. What's the, what's the, what's the point you know, of staying if you're done? You know what I mean? You're yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, so right, you right. You got a family. He did it for his family. Like, the thing about football, you don't get no med. You know what I'm saying? The medical benefits is not all that. So, I understand. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, me and my brother Jamar right here, we talk a lot about, you know, feelings and spirits and stuff like that. 
And I mean, you know, maybe he just had a vision that, you know, maybe his next play was going right. to be his last now play. Say, like, right. Say you know, if he would have came out maybe, and played another another snap and just blew his, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Blew his knee. Like maybe you you wouldn't want to, yeah, you wouldn't want to end on that note. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's a perfect, that's a perfect. Like personally, that's why he said it was personal. It was yeah. for him. So like, you know what I'm saying? Just imagine how that personal feeling would be. Like, damn, I just. That's what I'm saying. Like, I stabbed my knee. Like, like how many you know times I mean? your mom in the car you talking about, I got a bad feeling? And talking about stay home type stuff. Like, type stuff. His mom could have said, could have called him or something, where he could have had a feeling. Wife could have said something. Like, something could have went wrong that day. Right. So, that could have was supposed to be perfect. I don't, I don't really have a day. problem with him going out how he did. I mean, it's your prerogative. So. Yeah, I, I guess y'all, I guess <laughs> y'all made me see the light. I, you know, and, and it take me back to, like, a problem with back in the NBA. I'll take, take you to the NBA. When LeBron left, you know, like, you know, people, Cleveland so upset and everything like that, you know, like, he don't got no loyalty and stuff like that. But, you know, you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day, whether it's a money decision or it's a health decision. You know, at the end of the day, NFL players are underpaid compared to other athletes, like in the NBA, soccer, things like that. You know, they're not getting paid, you know, for the injuries they can suffer, you know, both on the field and once they're done. Yeah, and uh, just to just to add on this, um, guys, I started watching a show this week on um, on HBO. It's called uh, Ballers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I know you guys probably heard of it, but um, it really dives in deep, fellas. I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to watch it, but uh, we can actually probably get a chance to actually discuss some episodes and maybe get into that as we continue this uh, continue this podcast, the rundown with you know with the boys. Or the group, or whatever we decide to be that particular day. Um, but yeah, the Ballers, the uh, the TV show on HBO with The Rock, and a lot of <coughs> guest athletes kind of come into the picture. Lamar Woodley, second on Native, he 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 appears in it a few times, and it's just a great show to just show like how life can be after a superstar professional athlete, how you can potentially be taken advantage of with your money and the lack of health benefits and like how you alluded to Alex. Uh, those are uh, big topics on um, baller. So I definitely recommend uh, checking that out fellas and, and for the listeners as well. Moving forward after uh, Vontae Day, well before Vontae Davis, what was the surprising trade of the NFL guys that we seen over the course of 14 days that that just had us just mind blown. Mr. Like, John Gruden. <laughs> and, boy. Boy. <laughs> boy, if you don't get no words. Literally, no words, John guys. Gruden, we gotta talk about this though. He can't even explain why he did it. Yeah, it's it's so hard to it. find the pass rusher. You had the best one. <laughs> the man that went to Chicago and made them. He got Amazing. what three three strip sacks already or something Boy, like that. He has more. He's done more for his team than, than the whole Raiders defense has done. That man is a monster. Sometimes you make stupid decisions. A little, a little, or a lot of ego involved. <laughs> a whole lot of ego. That's all that was. Crazy. But um, now we got to see how how Gruden how he find his pass rusher. <laughs> we ain't gonna get him. <laughs> he said it's so hard. Khalil Max was, was was special, man. This kid was under recruited. Like, didn't start play playing with? football till high school. You know, I can't even say under recruited. He he didn't give himself a chance to be recruited. Right. You know, went to a Mac school. Where where'd he go? Buffalo. 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 Buffalo still a good school in the Mac. You know, and then 
he's a steal in the draft, you know. And there we go. One of the best pass rushes in the NFL. And now it's wear down. This is what's surprising for me. And I just, you know, you guys can you guys can comment on this as we continue, but how do you say this is what baffles me, guys. How do you say I need a pass rusher less than two weeks at well, two weeks into the season where you just traded a guy and you've seen this guy. I know you've seen him play impressive and you've had questions asked about him as well about Khalil Mack, who's now with the Chicago Bears. Let's 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 just mention his name now, Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears, looking like the defensive player of the year already. He has a pick guys, he has a pick six. He had a forced fumble last. He had a forced fumble last week. He had two forced fumbles in the in the game before that. He he sets up guys. It's not even about what he does for his own stats, but it's what he does for other guys. Like if you look at Taking that, on double teams. like he takes on double teams, and then Trevathan gets back there, or Roquan Smith can get in the backfield. Like these guys, they all, like the whole front seven is coming, but it's coming in different angles, different pieces. I don't know if you guys seen the last game with the Chicago Bears Monday Night Football and how impressive Khalil Mack was. Just not even about having stats; it was just the fact that he could just be somewhere and force the quarterback to come away from him. And now other guys now have a chance to get a sack. And so now other guys are getting their getting their money's worth, getting their numbers and getting their numbers up because of how dominant and how impactful uh, Khalil Mack is. Those are stats people don't see, though. Talk a little bit more about that. It's just stats people don't see. The stuff that uh, it's kind of like shining in the dark, you feel me? Like you're doing your work in the dark, but people don't really see it. But you letting other people shine, but you're doing the dirty work. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, he definitely takes on, you know, double teams, uh, triple teams, uh, coming off the edge. So it's it's impressive you know, to watch, for sure. He, he for sure getting paid for it. <laughs> he getting paid. That check, sign on the dotted lines. Uh-huh. And it was worth it. And that <laughs> return on investment, that's the word I was using. Bro, and it's <laughs> Week been, one. And there's been return so much promise with the Bears just with the last couple weeks, like – they ain't had this type of promise in a, in a while. Oh no! Uh, since probably we're talking Lance Briggs and and uh, Brian Erlacher, we're we're talking since like those boys and uh, uh-huh. Brian Erlacher just recently entered all the fame. But yeah, uh, how much money we talking, Khalil Mack? How much money did he get, Alex? Twenty three M's, almost <laughs> twenty three million a season, almost one hundred forty one. <laughs> um, over six years. That's that's a, that's a pretty healthy contract for oh, NFL, yeah. and that's his uh, that's his second that's his uh, his second uh, his contract for his uh, for his career, one forty one six years. And you said twenty three and a half. Take care of your family, young fella. Take care of your family. And you know what's most impressive. Is the ninety is the ninety million guaranteed, fellas? Ninety million guaranteed. Ninety, the ninety million guaranteed and the sixty million dollars guaranteed what, at signing. Shout out to the back. The quick point I need to make is the NFL Players Association. They need to stand up for their rights, man. Oh, there's no way y'all should be playing the most dangerous sport in the world <laughs> besides like rugby or something like that. But you know what I mean and. You can't get guaranteed contracts, and they treat y'all like expand, exposable, you know what I'm saying, expandable goods. It's like, okay, so, you know what I'm saying, 
the the average plan career of an NFL player is what what five years At depending on position. You know right. what I'm saying? Running backs and linebackers, good five, seven three, years. four years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Depending so they looking want. at you already is disposable good. So it's like okay, he can only give us three years max. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like. They not re up in your contracts at this point because they feel like they can go find Gruden. I need to find the pass rusher, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the NFL but Players Association, they, they just need some, they just need some representation. They gotta step up. You look at the NBA, you know who the face of the NBA is. And my dad, what the NFL highest grossing professional league? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, most grossing non-profit. Oh, yeah. Non-profit. Oh yeah, that's America's. <laughs> that's America's uh Sport. pastime. That's America's favorite pastime. Yeah. Um, that is, NFL is the most NFL. Yeah, they make the most money out of all professional American sport, uh, professional sports leagues by far. But they're not a players' league, and I believe that's the issue. Um, they're all about the shield, you know. They're all about team, you know, as opposed to NBA, where you know the NBA logo is, you know, it's Jerry West. So it's a players' league. It's, player, it's right? player driven, and I think that's what what gets lost. With the NFL is the, is the fact that they need to and baseball as well. You know we're not going to discuss uh, baseball, but that's the problem with baseball too is that they're not they don't promote their players enough. And for a guy like Odell Beckham and the money that he received, you know all the money that he had received, that's well deserved because if you don't know football, you know who Odell Beckham is. And Odell Beckham is, you know, he's box, he's a box office guy. People come and see him. That crazy hair of his, you know, the one handed catches and warm ups, you know, all you know, all that. People come and see him, you know. So if it's a player, if it was a players' league, if it was more players driven in the NFL, I think uh, the dollars would would eventually uh, come. So uh, moving forward with a little bit of NBA now, we got some NBA to talk about here. Um, fellas, I don't know if you're um you're ready for uh, the hot take I got for you. So, NBA, right? You guys know who Damian Lillard is, right? He lives. Shout out to that man. What do you? How do you guys feel about Damian Lillard? Let's talk underrated. a little bit about him first. Yeah, underrated. Good point guard. Good to great. Most Natural. one of the most underrated top tier point guards in the league right now. Um, what do you like about him? Uh, offensive game is amazing. You know, you can get to the basket easily, shoot the deep ball, you know, cross your mid-range is nice as well. And he's fiery, you know. He 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 the type of player that leads his team, you know. He everybody gotta get it get going. Him and him and McCollum is really that great one two punch. What do you think, Malik? What do you think about Damian Litter as a basketball player? He's a great player, he's definitely underrated. I love how uh, quick he is with the ball. I love how he really has that instinct to really do whatever he wants to on the court. But uh, him and uh, McCollum, one-two punch, yeah. But I think one of the they, they got to split up. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that. It's funny that you you mentioned that, that maybe they should split up. Because what do you guys think of this? What do you think of Damian Lillard possibly being in L.A.? But when I say L.A., I don't mean purple and gold. I mean the red, white, and blue. That's possible. I can see that. I don't like it. I can see The Clippers it. in the market for two superstars. They got two oh, max yeah. slots available. Mm-hmm. You I don't know, like it. Jimmy Butler, they might make a splash on that. And that's where yeah, I'm kind of going with this, Alex. Is that, That's what I'm they going with have this. a potential big three, bro, in yeah, 2019. Man, he's already said. Another one. If another, play, if another player go to the Clippers... 
Because if they if, if, if they kick the wheels on this Jimmy Butler trade and then possibly wait for Kawhi and, and Lillard next season in free agency, you might have some. I don't know what, what, what's the talk. I, I, my ear hasn't been to the ground. Oh you know, no! As far I, as I know, it's just, Lil is is real. Oh you know, no! Yeah, you know he's Portland. yeah he's in Portland. You know, but uh, free agency will will come up in in 2019, or you know, trade rumors can get put out there. But you know, we've seen, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to Jimmy Butler, but we've seen Jimmy, you know, talk about you know the Knicks, the Nets, and possibly the Clippers, and for the Clippers, he said he they just need one more guy, and so if Damian Lillard, you know, L, you know, everybody loves to be in LA. So, and I actually seen a video of him working out um, in the Lakers facility, but that's a different topic because um, maybe he may even possibly join the purple and gold uniform. But my hot take oh, is him possibly joining the Clippers with Jimmy Butler. What do you guys think about that? If it did happen, if it did, and I don't think it will. Uh, it'd be nice. Um, I will say this, even though I am a, a, a Dame fan, his defense um, at times isn't up to par. So I feel like him playing with Jimmy, he might he might take that next step to really solidify his spot at the top. Um, Jimmy's that type of player where his defense was the first thing that spoke for him. So maybe that would rub off on, on him and D-Lil. And it'd be nice together. What do you think, Alex? Uh, Jimmy Butler and Damian Litter. What do you think of that? That sounds good for the for the West. You think, I mean, it does, I mean, it adds more elements and and dynamics to the West, and can potentially add that guy that's been the talk of the whole summer this previous summer with uh, Kawhi Leonard. You think that gives them a run? Yeah, like I said, uh, piggybacking off Jamar, um, defensive guys, two way players. You know what I mean? I think that's what Lil need if you wanted to. You know, say if you want to make take make that next playoff step. You know what I mean? Like, as far as getting past the first round, possibly making it to the Western Conference Finals. And, you know what I mean? You got uh, the Warriors stacked, loaded. You got LeBron in L.A. with his young players. I mean, why not make it happen? Um, it's on Doc Rivers. The ball is in his court for sure. What do you think, Malik? Uh, what do you think of uh, Damian Lillard in, in a red, white, and blue uniform in L.A.? What do you think of that? I mean, it looked ugly on him. <laughs> That's something I don't know if I can get used to, but I can see it for sure, you know. Uh, if he going to go anywhere, especially if he going to stay in the West, I would go. I would make that move if he going to go anywhere, you feel me? If not, you might as well sit home and okay. make them build around you. Okay. Uh, that would be a good move, though. Um, looking at it from another point, Doc is definitely a player's coach, so he would probably, you know, Dame already has the reins in Portland, but you go there, you know, it's even more, you know, Doc is like, you know, go play your game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Malik. My thing is, if you're going to leave, either, like, you like team up with uh team up with Jimmy Butler and go somewhere out west, or you're going to have to go to the east because you can't just go to the, uh, you can't just go to a west team uh, by yourself and expect to make some noise, you feel me? Yeah, I forgot about the Houston Rockets. Awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't just go up there and expect <laughs> to do something. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're going to leave, I, my my thing is maybe lead to the East. The East is open to me. I mean, there's good teams. Don't get me New wrong. Mark is out there too, but it's yeah. open. You can New go York, out there. And New, York, New, York, New, York, New York might be the place to go. You can go out there and build Brooklyn and Brooklyn. New York is already in the uh, market of a point guard. What about Spencer Dinwiddie? Spencer Dinwiddie. 
and you know uh, the Brooklyn Nets, they also have uh, DeAndre Russell, who's looking to he's he's looking to improve. You know, I actually kind of not to get off subject, but I actually kind of want DeAndre Russell, you know, in his uh, what is his fourth year now, to uh, to do something. Yeah, I like those guys. Like you know, we we see it at moments, we see flashes of uh, D'Angelo Russell, but you want it to be consistent, right? Ice you want him veins. to be out there saying, I got ice in my veins, you know, uh, yeah. night in, night out. Because he's an impressive player at times. But it's just you want to get some more consistency, and uh, we'll see what happens with uh, with them. And we'll also see what happens with Jimmy Butler and uh, as, we get, as we get ready, prepared to discuss him and his interesting uh, – decisions as we get closer to the NBA season. But yeah, Damian Lillard, you know, we, we, we'll see if he ends up in a Blazer uh, uniform long term as we get ready for the new NBA season coming up next month. And uh, you guys been playing NBA 2K? Any 2K Anybody yet? Is, you guys like uh, NBA 2K so far? It's too stiff for me. It's too stiff for you? What about you, Alex? Yeah, it's pretty good. You know me, 2K, 2K legend. Are you a 2K legend? You know what I'm saying? Boy. Legend on the park. Boy, if you don't get... <laughs> I'm boosted, though. I'm boosted. <laughs> I'm just uh, quick game. All quick games. I, I want all the smoke, man. Like... <laughs> he said he want all the smoke running with the Lakers. Uh, shout out to the Lake Show. Um, but speaking of you know NBA, let's keep it running here. Mr. Jimmy Butler, fellas. Well, first of all, what are we going to do with... Uh, with Jimmy Butler and his his comments and his decisions with this trade talk. What's going to happen? What's going to take place here? Uh, he's called out three teams, uh, the Clippers, uh, the Nets, and the Knicks. Those are his three options that he's looking to go to. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think is going to happen? What do you think of this uh, his trade request? Basically, um, like I said, he's searching for a market. You know what I'm saying? He's looking for a big market where – he can get others to, you know what I'm saying, to, to possibly tag along. And I don't blame him. I mean, he might not want to be under, uh, what's his name, Thibodeau's tutelage, you know what I'm saying, for a second stint in his career. You know what I mean? He's just probably just trying to trying to uh, spread his wings a little bit. There's been uh, rumors saying that uh, there's been rumors about Jimmy Butler maybe not getting along in the locker room. With Carl uh, Anthony Towns and maybe uh, Andrew Wiggins, what do you guys think of what do you guys think of those rumors? Uh, they've actually been brought out that that may not be the part of the decision of his trade request. But what do you guys think of that overall? I think I, I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons he called for a trade. I mean, because like if you if you look from the outside looking in, you see a good team, you know, with those guys at the core with, with Jimmy, Carl um, Anthony Towns, and Wiggins. You know, good strong core. You know, guys who can play ball. But if they not clicking, and you know, and it, and that's evident from the outside, you know, with them on the court, like yeah, they won games, you know, they were effective at times. But the at times part is what we're focusing on. Like at times, it, him and and Cat might as well be on different t- different teams. Like it, it's it's not a good situation where and if he's requesting a trade right now, there's no way that they're keeping him. And if he is, it's not gonna be a good season. What do you think, Malik? Uh, I think he gone. So many egos over there. What he said is what he meant. He want to get out of there. And like uh, Alex was saying, you know, 
Thibodeau, he trying to make the uh he trying to make his team, he trying to bring the uh, Bulls back over there. Like So what do you call that team nowadays? What how do the Minnesota how do the uh Timberwolves look? How do they look? What do you, what's the prefer, what's the correct term for them right now? How are they looking? The Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Timber Bulls. The Timber Bulls. That's what they is. But so, nah, like he he probably don't uh he probably not rocking with him, you know. He he left uh left the Bulls for a reason. Come over here, now he got the same coach. He probably wanna spread his wings, see what he can do by himself, team up with somebody else, you know, there's too many egos over there, too many people that want the ball. Yeah, um I never understood that notion with um I was hoping it would work because on paper it looked like it would oh, yeah. work, you know, Jeff T, Jimmy Butler. Um, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, you know. No position discrepancies. Mm-hmm. It looked good on paper. It definitely looked Taj good Gibson. on paper. Great. Yeah, Taj Gibson. You know, it definitely looked good on paper, but – and Jamal Crawford coming off the pine, oh, you know, yeah. doing his oh, thing. Yeah. That's, that's Speaking of Jamal, what is he about to do? Yeah, he's a free agent right <laughs> now. Where do you, where you guys want Jamal Crawford to go? LA. LA. Which L.A. team in particular? Lakers. There's only <laughs> one L.A. team. Might as well pull up. Pull up. You know what I'm saying? Good weather, good beaches. You know what I'm saying? Great retirement spot. You know what I'm saying? You want to retire? I have you a championship in your future, boy. Okay. You ain't played for one LA squad. You did? He was across the hall. He was in the wrong locker room. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. So, yeah, um, it looked good on paper, the Timberwolves, but it just didn't, it just doesn't click. You know, Andrew Wiggins, you know, his second year, what, what, his third year, second year, he was already averaging 22, 24 points a game, a contest, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, he's a double-double machine, you know, Taj Gibson, but just, it just didn't click. And then with Jimmy getting hurt for that month and a half and then coming back, the chemistry wasn't really able to ever really click. And so I just think it's just a chemistry issue. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, I just think they just don't click on it's, it's, chemistry it's for sure. You know what? Uh, it's the chemistry side, but it's also a trust factor. Um, I was looking at the article that you sent over, and it talked about how, hey, in the clutch moments, how Butler and Towns they hooked up like one time, while him and um, Taj Gibson, his former teammate who came over to the Timberwolves, um, Timberwolves, <laughs> um, had had many more opportunities in, in Towns, you know, and. You know, trust factor, chemistry, you know, yeah, he's played with Gibson. But, you know, you got Towns, who's a stud on the offensive side. So, you know, why not use that? You know, I don't know what, what happened. I saw, you know, a story where, you know, Jimmy slept with, you know, Carl's girlfriend. You know, fake news, true news. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> NBA is a dangerous game. Yeah, there's always some crazy news out there in the, uh, in the NBA world. That's another thing. The media – Paints everything to be bad. Like honestly, it's probably not even as deep as well. Like everybody thinking. Yeah, you know they said. Yeah, you know they said that. Kyrie thing. Yeah, man. Probably ain't even as deep as they think as everybody saying it. Oh, they got this big problem when it really is just like, like they just not vibing with each other. You feel me? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, and and um, one of your all squad. You know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then you know, uh, Jimmy Butler. You know, they came out and said that that wasn't you know one of the issues with uh, one of the reasons with the trade request. I mean, they said it was a cap thing, you know, and that might be, that may be the case because you got to pay cat. You know, if you, if you want to keep him, you got to pay him. You've already paid, uh, you've already paid Andrew Wiggins. You know, he has a $150 million contract. And then you got Jeff T who has his contract that he received. I believe 
either from Minnesota or his previous team, the Indiana Pacers. And I believe they had paid uh, Taj Gibson as well. So, so yeah, if you want to get your dollars and if you look at a market like, like you said, the Clippers, they have cap space for two guys. And then Brooklyn, they have they need something. So you know they need cap space. And then you may you never know. Diazzo Russell may be looking to get paid, you know, after this season. So you see what happens with that. Let me not uh let's not forget, uh we got a man up in Toronto that might be a free agent next year. Yeah. He might stay though. So that's you know, Kawhi Leonard, that's a oh, very yeah, I got I got Toronto coming out the east too. Oh yeah, I so, think depending on how good this season goes with Kawhi and um, up in Toronto, mm-hmm. that they uh, he might stay. You know, if they make a run for it, make it to the the finals, or I mean, the East Conference Finals or the Finals period. You know, like he might stay. You know, see he has some good there. You know, something that he can have fun with. I think that was the problem. I think he wasn't having fun in San Antonio anymore. I don't think going to have too much fun in Toronto either. Hey, they call. Hey, listen, they call Toronto the six, and you know they also say it's like the. It's like the northern L.A., if you will. So it's like it's like the cold version of L.A. or something like that. Hey, so Drake out there, man. <laughs> and you know, to, it's like Drake's out man. there. You know, you're gonna be on the baseline. Yeah, you know, you know, every weekend. Drake you don't know what Kawhi doing this free time. <laughs> Boy, don't he, have he gets down at <laughs> that time. <laughs> he ain't gonna talk to no Drake. Boy, he don't care. Anyway, yeah, what's yeah. up, Drake? <laughs> No, it ain't gonna be that. You know, Drake gonna be like, "What's up, Kawhi?" And then he be like, "Man, can I get in the Tahoe?" And they gonna be in the Tahoe. You know, Drake gonna be in the Tahoe for the first hey, time in his life. Drake gonna want to take pictures, man. Kawhi ain't yeah. with the pictures, man. Kawhi with, Kawhi with no smile. That boy, that man took two pictures this whole summer. They couldn't even find this man. He hiding in the gym working out. Lights on. Doors locked. Lights on. No cameras, please. Like, oh, come on, man. man. But that's that's going to be exciting, though, to see Kawhi back on the court, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what he needs. Maybe he got, oh, maybe yeah. got to get broke out of his shell. Who knows? You know? It's yeah, been a while. These two different teams, man. The Toronto you know, and You're pushing for LA Malik. Yeah, you know. He, you go out there, he's going to have all types of fun. No matter where, no matter what team he goes <laughs> you know, on. man. The way Kawhi you know, is, he'll end up in Utah. The way I see it, you know, Jimmy go to the Clippers. Kawhi follow they start building with that. What know? about my boy Dame? He can, he can come too. Somebody <laughs> got to take that pay cut though. Somebody got to take the pay no, cut. I know Dame ain't taking no pay cut. Yeah, if Dame Kawhi, leaving, Kawhi he might paid. be humble enough to take it, but you know he bought his money, so I don't know. His uncle might be for the money. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi still got the Tahoe, man. Stop playing. But uh, he's still eating hot Cheetos and yeah, uh, what, and what's the little juices you punch a hole in? Chicken wings, a little hugs, the little hugs, man. Little hugs and hot he Cheetos. Chicken wings, I'm just waiting on going dates. Freeze cups in the freezer, man. Kawhi humble you know, soul, man. <laughs> you know, ice maker. Shout out to humble souls. Shout out to humble souls. So. That concludes this podcast. I want to thank you all who are going to listen to this. Um, this is the rundown featuring the group, the boys, or whatever we decide to be on that particular day. I'm Zach Badgerhouse. I'm Al. Marmar. Peacock. And so, this was the rundown with the boys, the group, whatever we decide to be. The game. That day. Jamar Hardy, gang Zach Badgerhouse, Mr. Peacock himself, Big Al. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. This is brought to you by Central Michigan University.
You my poser when I want freedom. You my poser when I want justice. You my poser when I want equality. Want me to go somewhere and fight for you? You won't even stand up for me right here in America. America.